You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled The Spirit. Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today and thanks for joining me. Today I want to share with you about a subject that has confused many people. Recently, while teaching an adult Bible class, a new member of the group asked, What is the Spirit? Well, that was a harder question to answer than you might think. In fact, I find it easier to answer what the Spirit is not than what it is. Should you look up this word in a dictionary, you will find a number of meanings ranging from nouns, meaning a, the non-physical part of a person, which is the seat of emotions and character, b, the soul, c, a quality or attitude or mood of a person, d, a supernatural being, and e, the Holy Spirit. Generally in the Bible, when the word refers to the Holy Spirit, capital letters are used. Those who believe that God refers to the Godhead, meaning the Trinity, accept that God is three personalities acting as one. However, there are plenty of believers who do not accept the Holy Spirit as God. They generally accept that the Godhead is two personalities, God the Father and God the Son, Jesus. Sometimes Jesus is referred to as God the Word. Then there are those who do not accept Jesus as being God, although there are clear statements that Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. In John 1, one, speaking about Jesus, that's God the Word, it plainly says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Those who do not accept the Holy Spirit as deity maintain that the Holy Spirit is a force that goes out from God. This force supposedly does not have any intelligence. It could be considered something like electricity or magnetism or gravity. Before continuing, there are other believers, including Jehovah Witnesses and Muslims, who are monotheists, who believe that God refers only to God the Father. Muslims call him Allah. But those who maintain that the Holy Spirit is merely a force have some explaining to do because Jesus who sent the Holy Spirit to help the disciples referred to him by using personal pronouns like him and he. A force would be referred to as it. The Holy Spirit has names. In John 14:20, Jesus said, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Notice, 
that the Holy Spirit must have intelligence in order to teach and remind. At another time, as recorded in John 16, Jesus announced, Unless I go away, the Counselor, or some versions refer to him as the Comforter, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In Acts chapter 15 is the short story about two new believers in the early Christian church who promised to give all the proceeds to the church community from the sale of a piece of land they had up for sale. When the land was sold, they kept some of the proceeds for themselves, then piously went along the disciples with what they claimed was the full amount from the sale. I need to point out here that they had every right to keep a percentage for themselves, but because they made a promise to give all, they had broken their promise. In other words, they had lied, having given what is termed false witness. So Ananias went along with a bag of money and presented it to Peter, one of the leading apostles. Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? And that's from Acts 5 verse 3. Then in verse 4, Peter further said, What made you think of doing such a thing? You've not lied to me, but to God. Ananias died on the spot. So who or what did Peter say Ananias had lied to? Yes, that's right, he said, the Holy Spirit, and in the second statement, God. It is reasonable to interpret that to mean the Holy Spirit is God. And those who claim the Holy Spirit is a force of some kind need to recognise that the Holy Spirit is a personality with intelligence. But there are other spirits in the world. These are supernatural beings, angels, who were tricked into believing Lucifer, otherwise known as Satan, and were banished from heaven with him and came down to our planet Earth. These spirits are evil angels. These are the spirits of the underworld, and they confuse and deceive people from truth. Sometimes they manifest themselves as dead relatives or spirit guides, but normally try to influence people's minds to do wrong. The Bible often calls them demons. Sometimes demons take over people's minds. Such people are said to be demon-possessed. Demon possession is not something that only happened years ago. It's happening now. I've spoken to people who've worked in such places as Papua New Guinea and Haiti who have witnessed demon possession. It is very frightening and very real. 
Jesus cast out demons from a number of people, and some of the disciples did the same. One needs to be very close to God to do that. Casting out demons is known as exorcism. But unfortunately, evil spirits have also infiltrated the church. And there are people who believe that they are being led by the Holy Spirit who are actually being led by evil spirits. The Apostle John has given warning about evil spirits being in the church. And here is his counsel in 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. And here's what he says. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. John gives important advice to test to see what kind of spirit motivates those who teach others. Those who teach false doctrine are not motivated by the Holy Spirit, but by evil spirits. But you might be wondering, don't all churches teach from the Bible? Well, the answer is an emphatic no. Some churches teach philosophy, philosophy dressed up to make it appear religious. Some teach a mixture and some misapply what the Bible teaches to mean something else. Here's one example. There is a certain religious group that claims that when someone is converted to Christianity, it is imperative to speak in tongues, which is languages, whether they are known or unknown. Very few of these people, when they speak in tongues, speak a known language. But the Bible does not say that speaking tongues is an automatic gift of the Spirit at conversion. That happened, but it was for a very good reason that affected the future growth of the Christian church when the leaders of the church recognized that the gospel message was to go to Gentiles as well as Jews. Such manifestations as holy laughter is not from the Holy Spirit. It is from demons taking over the minds of those who allow themselves to be influenced. John counseled the believers to test the spirits. If you are not led into a close relationship with the Lord, and if you are led to doubt or disbelieve what's in God's Word, the Bible, and you're being led by one of the spirits belonging to Satan. And here is another test, stated in Isaiah 8.20, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. If anyone teaches that God's law has been made redundant or has been modified, 
that person is not of God either. If anyone teaches that any part of Scripture no longer applies, or if it is to be regarded as only a concocted moralistic story, that person is being led by one of the spirits under the control of the devil. Those who think that the Holy Spirit give gifts for self-embellishment are also following a wrong idea. God sends the Spirit for a number of reasons, and particularly to help unbelievers become God's children. In John 14.26, which I quoted earlier, two reasons are given. One is to teach all things, and the second is to remind us of the words, that is, the teachings of Jesus. We're going to have a little break here and go on straight afterwards. Oh 
In the Gospel of John, chapter 16 and verses 8 to 11, is a more detailed description of the function of the Holy Spirit. It says this, When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world stands condemned. And then in verse 13, Jesus said, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me. So let's itemize what function of the Holy Spirit is. Number one, he is the one who convicts people so they feel guilt because of their sins. Number two, he is the one who is also named the Spirit of Truth. Therefore, he guides people into truth. Number three, he reminds people of what has been revealed through the Word of God and including the words of Jesus. Number four, he reveals the future through the prophets. Number five, he upholds Jesus. And number six, he does not bring attention to himself. You know, there are some very unbiblical practices in some church groups regarding the Holy Spirit. Here is an experience of someone I know well who... Uh, he had this experience with a friend who was a Christian from another faith group. These two ladies were talking about the Sabbath, the seventh-day Sabbath, that is, God's Sabbath. My wife's friend, and we'll call her Mary to protect her identity, said, I know which day is the correct Sabbath. I will pray and ask if I should keep it. Next time they communicated together, Mary said, I prayed, but the Holy Spirit hasn't revealed to me that I should keep the proper Sabbath. While Mary's a lovely person and quite sincere, there is no need to pray for confirmation to do something God has required in his law that we should do. I've heard of others who have the words of truth in their possession, who ignore God's word and wait or ask for a special sign from the Holy Spirit before acting on truth that has already been revealed to them through the word of God. How then can we know if we have the Holy Spirit working in and through us? Well, firstly, I believe the Holy Spirit is working in you if you have a desire to be a better, 
more righteous person. Secondly, I believe the Holy Spirit is working in you when you feel guilt-ridden, when you've done something that you know you should not have done. Thirdly, I believe you have the Holy Spirit working in you if you have a desire to share the love of God and the gospel good news with others. Don't be concerned if you're unable to speak in tongues, as some claim. There is no requirement and no need to do the spectacular as a Christian except in very unusual circumstances. Instead, the Spirit works quietly, bringing us to a greater maturity in our Christian growth. John demanded that we as Christians should test the spirits to see whether they are true or false. In the book of Acts in chapter 8 is the story of one Simon who was quite famous as a sorcerer. I suspect we would call such a person these days a magician. Simon was regarded highly by all levels of society. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 10, this is said of him, All the people, both high and low, gave their, him their attention and exclaimed, This man is the divine power known as the great power. Simon witnessed people who had accepted the gospel good news receiving the Holy Spirit when the apostles placed their hands on them. He probably thought this would be a showstopper to gain himself more notoriety, popularity and wealth. He then approached the apostles with a proposition, and I'll read it to you from Acts chapter 8, verses 18 and 19. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But you know, the Holy Spirit can't be bought or sold. The Holy Spirit is not for sale, although some people seem to have the idea that the Holy Spirit can be invoked upon a person regardless of any commitment to God that person may or may not have. Two friends of mine were looking for a church home. They had been influenced by Christianity and were searching for truth. During their search, they went to a well-known Pentecostal-type church. After lots of upbeat, loud music and a fiery sermon by the minister, an appeal was made for all those who wanted to receive the Holy Spirit to come to the front of the church. At this part of the service, many of those who came forward started involuntarily to speak in tongues. My friends Ken and Dave remained unaffected, as was the case with several others who had gone forward. These people were then invited 
to go into the hall after the service. There, each had an attendant who massaged their shoulders and back and kept muttering, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. You know, that was just too much for Ken and Dave. They felt the whole experience was spooky. Instead of being elated, they felt that there was an evil presence in the room, so they left, never to go back again. My friends, it would be good for you to realise that there is the genuine Holy Spirit and there are false spirits, unholy spirits, pretending to be the Holy Spirit. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 is a statement about what is happening in our times. It says this, The Holy Spirit says clearly that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And I suspect that those who have spectacular so-called evidences of the Spirit are being led by other spirits and not the Holy Spirit's. Ken and Dave realised that there were evil spirits in that church masquerading as the Holy Spirit. The genuine Holy Spirit will draw you to a closer relationship with God and his holy word, the Bible. If anyone asks me if I have the Holy Spirit, my answer is a qualified no. However, instead I tell them, the Holy Spirit has me. Next time I want to share part two on this topic about what man's spirit is. Until then, my friends, remain faithful and true, and may God bless you.